Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. The NFL trade deadline is here officially, 4 o'clock Eastern. Glad you're with us for OutKick 360. John McClain will join us. Uh, that's coming up in 20 minutes from now. Uh, the latest trade to happen, guys, right under the deadline, is the Colts. They're trading Naheem Hines to the Buffalo Bills, and Hines will now bring that 4-3-9 speed, or however fast he is, to the Buffalo offense, and he will join their stable of backs. They have been mentioned as a team that was in the mix for like a Kareem Hunt or a, a, a back to bring in and add to what they're already doing with Singletary and other options that they have like James Cook or Zach Moss. And now they add Naheem Hines, who's a situational third down piece that at times has been really good for the Colts. At times has been invisible. But now he's going to a team that will use him to the utmost capabilities with his skill set. He really does nothing rushing. I mean, his rushing high, three carries for seven yards this year. He's, he's a catcher, right? Uh, six for 50, four for 37, five for 23, five for 41. Third down back. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I think he's generally rated as better than he is, because, uh, particularly in and around Middle Tennessee, because he's had some good games against the Titans. Oh, yeah. It's one of those guys that haunts the Titans. But I think he could be better for the Bills than he's been for the Colts. They clearly are looking for a receiving back. They, they aimed at McCaffrey. Uh, we heard them mentioned with Hunt. They come up with Hines. Makes me question their selection of... Um, James Cook. James Cook. Because that's because what he, he should hasn't, be. Yeah, and where is he? He hasn't had much of an opportunity. I drafted him on a fantasy team. He's sitting on my bench. I, I played him once out of desperation. He didn't do anything. I know he fumbled super early mm -hmm. and lost some faith. I believe yes. his first carry in his NFL career was a fumble. Yeah, but where is he? I mean, this should be his role, bench, yeah. and they, they needed to go out and get somebody to do is, what he was again, drafted like, to do. This is what it's a good piece. Teams are uh, they're, they're, If you're not filling that role, the Bills are going to make sure they've got that player. Kareem Hunt, by the way, will remain with the Cleveland Browns. And he'll be a free agent after this yeah. year. And so, and it, by the way, the Panthers, who were thought to be big sellers based on the fact that last week they traded Christian McCaffrey, they are staying put with Brian Burns, DJ Moore, Derek Brown, J.C. Horn. They did say um, three of those guys were untouchable, right? Jeremy and Chin. And they meant it. Yeah, they, they, they keep their young pieces in Carolina, uh, building for a future that, you know, right now, based on if they, a kick goes through or a helmet stays, or a helmet on, stays on, they're the leading play. the NFC South, which is hard to believe. But you can't, but they're uh, not. It's you Atlanta. can't let yourself be lured into things. You know, 
If you're a, what is that record? Three and four or four and three in the NFC South? For I mean, Carolina? Yeah, for, for Atlanta as a first place team. I mean, I there's one thing four about four. being in first place, and there's another thing about being good. Uh, and I think you need to be realistic. And they were trading Christian McCaffrey and. Uh, but it's you know, another. They didn't go all the way. But to add on to that, there's nothing about being in a division where no one's good. Right. So yeah. you may be the same as everyone else. You're not any good, but you might win the division. So what's the value of winning that division? That's bad, and going to the playoffs. That's only something that an organization can answer. Right. right? The Titans are the damn second seed. This is the opposite way. The Titans are the second seed in the playoffs. Now they didn't do anything. And I think they feel pretty good about themselves, whereas the rest of us see second seed, sure, probably sixth best team uh, and probably one and done or two and done at best in, in the playoffs based on what they have. And, and to Hutton's constant point, their inability to find multiple ways to win as compared to their competition, including teams like still Cincinnati, who I, I think I have more, I definitely have more confidence in reviving themselves and their quarterback, certainly Miami that just went mm-hmm. and made a giant move and certainly Kansas city who we're going to see them against Sunday night and Buffalo. So the Falcons are four and four bucks are three and five saints, three and five Panthers, two and six talk about Alvin Kamara. Well, then they win 24, nothing on Sunday and, and suddenly sudden, you know, great. I'm watching, I think football night in America and Mike Florio is saying, that win today maybe change things for Alvin Kamara where they're going to hold on to him and not be a seller now because they're three and five and they're a game out of first place in that division and they like their chances when they look around and see everyone else. Here's what I want to know more about, and we'll get some reports about this, similar to Jordan Schultz's report on Kendrick Bourne where there were multiple calls and the Patriots decided to stay put. Were the Saints picking up the phone on Alvin Kamara and how close did it get? Here's an example. The Bills just traded for Naheem Hines. Were they ever in play for Alvin Kamara? See, that's to in, my in, point. In that role. And then it's just like, okay, well, we've also got Naheem Hines, who's obviously not Kamara, but he's someone who can be a third down back for us and give us a change of pace. This is to my point. Let me ask you guys. Okay, I, And I'm just making that up, but I, those right. are the types of stories sure. I'd like to know about. How close did it get? Let me ask you guys, because we'll here, here's know. my stat, standing on this. The Saints shut out Vegas. That, to me, game was totally about Vegas's ineptitude. I mean, sure, the Saints did their job and everything. Yeah. But I don't come out of that game if I'm the Saints all of a sudden feeling, hey, you know what? We just kicked the Raiders' ass and we're in it. Let's not do anything. That would not change my assessment of my own team too much except to say, hey, we're capable of a good day against a team that is reeling and has played horribly. But let, let's not let one game change our feeling about ourselves too much. Would you change your feeling about uh, – if you were the day before saying, let's see what happens before we decide about dealing Alvin Kamara, would you change your mind much based on that result? Because if you get into the playoffs, do you have any much different feeling about your ability to go on a run? Well, see, it's different for your expectation going into the season. Peter King was picking the Saints to go to the Super Bowl. They had high expectations. So if mathematically you're a game out of first and you believed in your own level of hype and expectation, then yeah, you're not trading guys away because you feel like you could still do it. If you're the Panthers and you knew it could go off the rails and you suck, then you, you okay. You've already fired your coach. Confirmation, right? The confirmation, we weren't going to be good. This is going to be a, a rebuild. 
let's go trade away some of our key pieces. But I wouldn't blame the Saints for saying, boy, it's been rough. Uh, Jameis Winston has not been what we wanted. Now he's hurt. We're three and five, though, and we're a game out of first. So why not stay put and see if we can connect, can connect the dots for a few more weeks? Here's the problem, though. They host the Ravens next. They've got a very winnable game in Pittsburgh after that. But then it's Rams in New Orleans, in San Francisco, and then they get the Bucks and the Falcons. They go to Tampa, and they get Atlanta in New Orleans. See, I think there's some realism needed in some of these divisions where you say, we can go win the division, but what are we going to do from there? And I'm going against myself because I usually say, hey, if you can win the division and get in the tournament, get in the tournament and see what happens in the tournament. But with a team like that, I don't think they're doing a damn thing in the tournament. Well, that's exactly the stance the Titans are having. Yeah, and Paul, it also depends on who, what franchise are we talking about? Because for some franchises, it's important to get back to the playoffs. Yeah. That's important for their fan base and for their team. It, the, to flip that, Hutton, but the Titans, the Titans at least are five and two. The Titans are consistently in the playoffs recently, so yeah, the playoffs for this group is not that important because they get there every year. Yeah. It'd be important four years from now if they go through a rebuild and they've been out of the playoffs right. for three years. And if they're mathematically uh, under 500 but a game out of first, we would have a different feeling about them going forward or not, right? So I think they're kind of banking on – I'm not saying I buy this, but I could see – you making the argument internally, hey, we're going to regress to the mean in the playoffs and play more like we play in the regular season, given a one-game chance. Whereas if you've been bad all season, the chance to get in the playoffs and produce a good game to me is less likely. I will change my stance if the Titans can beat a Kansas City or some good team on their, their schedule 17-14. to 14. Yeah. If they show they can do that, then I'm okay. It's possible. Right, you can play that great of defense against a great offense and win a slugfest. We've seen it though. We've and, already and you seen. Do it. They beat them twenty-seven to three last year. Yeah, and then they bowed out after sacking uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm Joe saying, Burrow I'm nine saying times. This team, Hutton, they had AJ this Brown, team. and that was a different team a year ago. Well, I'll but say, it was Kansas City. My point is, we no. Saw I'm saying them, with this group, I want to see them beat yeah. Kansas City the way they're playing now. But I'm saying I they don't could need score to more see than, it. They could score more than twenty-four points a year ago. I'm in not a game. judging them on anything they're doing in the regular season this year. That's my point. Well, well I mean, I'm, I'm that makes for a boring three months to not absolute, talk about This anything. is a boring team oh, for I, three I more agree. months. But I will say, this team hasn't regressed uh, the way previous teams have, who are better teams, to playing to the level of competition I mean, for the last I'm five weeks. I'm responding to your argument about they're sitting back thinking, we can regress to the mean and play this way and win a playoff game. I'm, not, I'm only going to partially buy that if I see them play this brand of offense – and beat someone worth a damn. Yeah. No, that's completely... Because if they don't, then I don't... I mean, you could make the argument, hey, guys, we beat the Chiefs 13-10 to 10 right. because our it defense worked. is dominant, and we don't... This is a team that will not score more than 24 points. I've said it all year. They're not going to do it unless the defense scores 14. So it, show possible. me you can beat a good team that way, and then, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. But if not, it's a team that's going to win a very bad division and get smoked in the first I round. I think they could absolutely get destroyed on Sunday, something parallel to Buffalo. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Vrabel finds a way to win the kind of game you're talking about. Kay on uh, the YouTube chat says, Saints won't have won't be significant until Kamara is in decline. Uh, won't, won't have a significant team. Well, they need they a should dump him while his value is high. I was about to say, I thought he was saying that he was in decline. I'm thinking... 
This past weekend's not a good sign of that. He was no. terrific on Sunday. Well, so, they're like a lot of these teams. They need a quarterback. Updating, Andy Dalton's not a solution Updating uh, just a couple of the, the, the details here. Uh, Zach Moss, running back in Buffalo, is a part of the trade for Naheem Hines. So he's headed to Indianapolis. Zach Moss. Yes. And Hines is headed to Buffalo. And and then there's the, the details. They... It's a sixth-round pick and Zach Moss in exchange for Naheem Hines, and that could become a fifth-round pick based on incentives and certain qualifi- qualifiers. Uh, Brandon Cooks remains a Houston Texan, and Kareem Hunt remains with the Cleveland Browns. No one is more upset about that than Brandon Cooks, <laughs> right. who has been liking every single report about him possibly being traded for the last couple of days. Well, Anyone that has a rumor about him going somewhere, he has given the thumbs up on Twitter to well, that report. Brandon Cooks ought to, ought to gone upstairs and said, hey, let's adjust that $18 million guaranteed next year because I know that's my only way out of here. Paul, you were there on Sunday. That was just such a just terrible atmosphere. They had the trash bags over the heads. I mean, there was no one there. Dude, I went from the high of going to a World Series awful. game to, to seeing about 38,000 <laughs> well, at Reliance Stadium yeah, well, for a team that couldn't stop Derrick Henry. But at least that there was no World Series game going on the same night. Oh, They gosh. play Thursday. They're oh, hosting Philadelphia, and the rain delays just have awful. pushed the World Series. I where mean, there's not an you, off day there. How do you not just leave that game if you're a Texans fan and go get blind drunk somewhere? Just, I'm, I'm out of here. Leave? I'm, why do you even <laughs> like, go? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, There's yeah. no reason <laughs> to go. But I mean, you show up thing. and you think, hey, you have to be you blind know, drunk to go. Guys, right uh, well, you go to see Derrick Henry. Hey, I'm going to go watch the uh, other guy run for think, 200 yards. Hey, this team, you know, we've seen some close games this year. This team doesn't have a great offense. <laughs> then you see your offense after four or five drives. See you guys. Brandon Cooks on Twitter. You ready for this? Right after the NFL <laughs> trade deadline, he tweets this Don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for far too long these days. Those, uh, excuse me. Covered for the lies for far too long. Those days are gone. Cross the line with playing with my career. That from Brandon Cook. And that's with Easterby gone. Traded just right now from our guy John McClain, who's about to join us. Brandon Cooks is PO'd about not being traded. Who can blame him? Can't wait for his next media session with the media after the Eagles game. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, it just. You had uh, Kareem Hunt, who had asked out. He stays in Cleveland. He's pissed, too. Yeah, I mean, there are several players. Up, it, and you, you know who else is upset? Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Both of those teams did not make a move. Yeah. And all the other teams in the division uh, either traded away pieces, Detroit, or added pieces to their offense, Chicago and Minnesota. And meanwhile... You've got Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP, who's barely you know, completing passes in a game for more than five yards based on how much time he has and, and those around him I think receiving. Brady has a better chance with what he's got getting healthy. Those wide receivers have been a mess all year. I know it doesn't fix the line, right. doesn't fix the defense, doesn't fix the run game. But give him a healthy stable of wide receivers – and let him go. I mean, out at Green Bay, I don't. Yeah, I mean, so the the Bucks, the Bucks, Packers, and Rams don't make a move at the deadline, but yet the the teams that did, Minnesota getting T.J. Hawkinson, um, certainly uh, Chicago picking up the a piece for the future, but it keeps them out of Green Bay because the Packers were in on Claypool this morning. Uh, and it Albert makes Fields Rick. happy. Even though yeah. you're giving away defense, you, you're, you, he's gotten better, and now you're giving him something else. Yep. 
So, and then well, the Bills, you know, uh, conceivably yeah, the best team yeah. in football. Some would argue about them versus the Eagles, but they add a piece that should make them more dangerous. The Chiefs added Kadarius Tony last week. Just going through all the the other moves offensively, the biggest move is Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco, and the biggest defensive move is Chubb to Miami. Miami. Yeah, I like both of those moves a lot, and I think both of those teams are contenders. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, we said the 49ers, we thought... Um, they improved know, with the quarterback change. Yeah. You know? I mean, the 49ers, to me, could be the best team in the NFC. And Miami is is the threat to the two powers in the, the AFC. The Eagles are the best in the NFC. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, NFC, second best team in the NFC. Sorry. They're, they're the threat to the Eagles. Yeah. The Vikings, too. That we can't. Vikings, Cowboys. Throw the Cowboys. Let's, not, think, let's not go to sleep the, on the Vikings. I'm sleeping on the Vikings. I think the Vikings are the air will come out of the Vikings. I'll say this um, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And that's right not now. a huge compliment to Kirk Cousins, who I, I'm not the biggest believer in, but I think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, but it's more about San Francisco's. San Francisco's found a way to de emphasize quarterback brilliantly which is a hard thing to do in the NFL circa 2020. I still think with the new coaching regime in Minnesota and his background with the, a similar system, the way that Shanahan can get the most out of his offense with the different pieces, Yes, uh, you're seeing some of that in Minnesota, and Dalvin Cook is a heck of a weapon. And Justin Jefferson may be the best receiver in football, and now they get one of the better tight ends, young tight ends in football. Don't sleep on Minnesota. On the same day where Irv Smith goes to injured reserve. Yeah, don't, don't sleep on the Vikings. They're, they're, they're better really, than, than people want to give them credit they're for. They really underused Irv Smith, so it's going to be interesting to see how they now craft an expanded game plan that opens things up for the tight end. And Hawkinson's a good blocker, too. I mean, he, again, yeah, very a, versatile. That's why he's a top tight end, and you have because he's two-way. An offense now that's very versatile with their receiver play, tight end, and now you've got Dalvin Cook, who's not being used as the focal piece of the offense, but it's a very balanced offensive attack week to week. Coming up, John McClain joins us. We go through all the news, notes, and headlines from today and from week eight in the NFL. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Plenty of NFL news and notes. I'll kick 360. We welcome you back. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We head to Houston. John McClain joins us. Gallerysports.com, the website. And uh, there's center of uh, the, the sports world right now with the World Series. And then, man, what a massive matchup we get on Thursday Night Football as oh, the Texans are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. So, John? John picked me up, picked up my ticket from Mattress Mac, picked me up. And, and uh, got me to the game. He and Carol, uh, wonderful hosts. It was great to take in a World Series game with them. But then, unfortunately, 
he ate a bad salad and didn't make it. He did not have to endure the Texans game because he he didn't make it. <laughs> Hutton's never heard of a bad salad, John. He's never, never found a salad he didn't like. Hope you're feeling better. Well, first of all, I covered the game like I always do. I wrote a column. I did a lengthy report card and a 45-minute podcast on the Texans, as I do after every game. I just did it off TV like I do on the road. One of the things, the reasons I retired, I got tired of traveling. I've only been on one plane since the Texans' last trip last year. That was San Francisco, and that was New Orleans for a wedding, and I like it. And so I couldn't make it to, uh, couldn't make it to the stadium, but as I've learned, covering road games in front of TV, it's pretty easy. And let me tell you what, Thursday night, the Astros are playing. There is no way I'm going to go sit through a Philadelphia debacle in which the unbeaten Eagles beat up the Texans worse than the Titans did. And we've been killing Lovey Smith, offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, players, coaches, everybody in that organization for one of the worst, most uninspired performances of any professional team in Houston history. Mike Vrabel did another great coaching job, which he's done during his five-game winning streak while Lovey Smith and his staff did a terrible job and they were just humiliated. So if I'm going to sit through the unbeaten Eagles, I'm going to be streaming it on my computer and I'm going to be watching the Astros and the Phillies because I got to write about the Astros too. In fact, most of the columns I've written for the last week have been on the Astros. The only thing I've written on the Texans has been about how bad they were in the last two games. So congratulations to the Titans, Paul. I'm glad you had fun. I hope you told them seats you were right there over the bullpen. I've never had those seats before, and I thought it was very interesting watching the pitchers out there for the first time. Absolutely. John, it was one of the worst offensive performances I've ever ever seen in an NFL game on Sunday for the Texans. Brandon Cooks was a part of that. He's going to continue to be a part of that. How's Brandon Cooks feeling right now after the trade deadline came and went and he's still a Houston Texan? It's so funny because he's about the least controversial player I've ever seen. Always a team guy. And he put out a tweet three minutes after uh, a trade deadline passed about lies and being lied to. And we can't wait to get him after the game. That's the next time players are available and see what he meant. I bet he will cool down by then and he will do like he always does, which is provide the status quo. But who wouldn't want out of here? My goodness. I said on my radio show here this morning, if Lovey Smith walked into a team meeting, says everybody wants to be traded, hold up your hand. They would all hold up their hands. Because this franchise is is going, actually, it's not going nowhere. It's going somewhere straight to the top of the draft with the first overall pick so they can get a quarterback. Pat Hamilton, the new play caller, has done a terrible job. I started to leave my column on Monday with Tim Kelly. Please come home because this offense is in disarray with Hamilton coaching it and Davis Mills taking a humongous step back over what we saw the last five games, including the last game against the Titans in which he threw three touchdown passes, no interception, had a 128 rating. And in this game, they beat him up up front on both sides of the ball and just bludgeoned them and humiliated them. It's like, and they took their lunch money. John McClain with us. Follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, there was a there was a time when the trade deadline was treated and mocked much like the supplemental draft 
where it's uh, strictly just a date on the on the calendar that you get past, and there were not uh, a lot of moves or news made. That is completely different now uh, with how over the last two years we have seen players on the move, and, and today was extremely crazy. Well, it was a lot earlier. It was second Tuesday in October. Now you play two more games after that. Teams have a better understanding of where they could finish and where they could not finish. So that's why you see so many veterans being traded to contenders for draft choices. Some of the trades good. The one that's got the most attention is Bradley Chubb, the Broncos defensive end, who has not played a full season since his rookie year of 2018 because of the injuries. I think I calculated he's missed like 28 games. And, and of course, he's not under contract till after this season. So it was a, it looks like a good move for the Dolphins. He has five and a half sacks. He will immediately become their best pass rusher and uh, good for them. And the Broncos get a first pick as well as others for a guy that can't, couldn't stay healthy. John, let's go through some of these moves uh, in the AFC South. What do you think about Jacksonville acquiring Calvin Ridley from the Falcons? Well, they're obviously playing for next year, and he was yeah. suspended this year for gambling. I thought it was a good move. You know, he was the he was the Falcons' best receiver, and then he did that stupid thing of putting his name on a on a small bet, and he got suspended. And so he, I, I hope for his and the Jaguars' sake that he's staying in shape and not getting fat because he can be a tremendous addition to the Jacksonville offensive uh, roster. John, Chase Claypool to Chicago, not Green Bay. The Packers stay put. They don't make a move. I know Packers fans are upset. You can just look at Twitter and read all about it. Uh, Minnesota adds TJ Hawkinson. The Bears have a piece now with Justin Fields for the future in Chase Claypool. And the Packers, who I think many, all of us at least, thought they would make a move for Aaron Rodgers this year. They didn't. What do you make of the division? First of all, uh, Green Bay, their their MO is to draft, sign a few free agents, don't make trades in the middle of the year. And they've been pretty steady, but if they ever needed to make one, you'd think this would be it. Right now, they're way behind the Vikings. The Vikings loaded up with Hawkinson, who's a good receiver. They've, they, they're loaded at the skill positions in Minnesota under new coach Kevin O'Connell. And the Packers, it's almost like they've given up on the season. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will have something to say about that. He's not shy about putting his opinion out there. Obviously, they didn't consult him. Brandon Cooks would have been a good team for him to go to. You know, one of the things that happened that people don't know, and I didn't until I read it, Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network tweeted that, that there was a deadline yesterday at 3 Central in which – Anybody traded after that, they couldn't pick up a chunk of the contract like everybody was saying about Brandon Cooks. If you made a deal, you had to absorb the rest of the contract. And Brandon Cooks, what held it up? $18 million he's owed next year, fully guaranteed. I think Detroit trading within the division, that's a risk because they made, they made the Vikings better and probably a lot better because the Vikings tied in. Herb Smith went on hour yesterday. The Bears don't know what the Bears are playing for, but it's obvious Justin Fields needs more receivers than Darnell Mooney. So that was a good deal. Any bad team getting 
draft picks. That's good for that team. Although they're bad, which means they don't know how to use their draft choices. Best team in the AFC, Buffalo, was r- rumored to be in it for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, didn't get that, but got Naheem Hines today. A good pass-catching running back is clearly something they wanted. What does it say about a team that's the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl, being aggressive and going and making a move to to get a guy they feel like rounds them out even further? Naeem Hines hasn't done squat this year. He's fourth on the team in rushing. He's third on the depth chart. And uh, he's averaging two yards of carry. Doesn't have many catches like usual. Something's happening there where they're just not utilizing him like they did. I heard somebody on the ESPN say he'd be the best back in the room at Buffalo. I don't think so, but he can help them. They got four running backs now, all of whom want playing time. So he'll have to go in there and obviously be a really good receiver, which he's been in the past. I like teams that are competing for the playoffs of the Super Bowl to beef up at this time of year and make this day and probably a week leading up to it so much more interesting than it usually is when it comes to trades. Last year, I was writing columns every day about Deshaun Watson and where he was going to go, trading deadline Tuesday. Thursday, they had a deal worked out with Miami for three ones, a three and a five, and by Friday night, it was dead because the owner, Stephen Ross, told the Texans, Watson has got to reach settlements with his 22 accusers and all but four did it, but he wanted all, so it fell apart. Colts going to run out of scapegoats here if they're looking for somebody every two weeks. Uh, They had Matt Ryan last. Now they have non-play calling coordinator Marcus uh, Brady, who was fired today. That's nice uh, chum in the water for the fans, but it, it doesn't mean much in terms of uh, the offense that's produced 16.1 points a game and four games with a touchdown or less. I read now that uh, the reason the offense is so bad is Nick Sirianni went to Philadelphia, that he was a really good offensive coach. And I thought, you know, Frank Reich's supposed to be the play caller and everything, and he has been. But I'm guessing Frank's probably going to get fired. I don't think Chris Ballard, the GM, will be fired uh, the guy I would look at is whoever's coaching the offensive line. Two years ago, their line was on the verge of greatness. They paid a lot of money for those guys. And uh, right now, uh, based on rundowns I've seen of what's the problem with the Colts, everybody says it starts up front. Chris Strausser is their offensive line coach, but Kevin Mawai is his assistant. Time to elevate. Maybe they need, maybe they need to promote Kevin and get yep. rid of the other guy because it ain't working right now. That's the next guy on the chopping block. Offensive line coach, bring up Kevin Mawai. We'll keep trying to plug the holes while the geyser comes rushing in for the Colts. Uh, the Browns put one on Cincinnati last night, John. They're 3-5. and five. Now they go to Miami, to Buffalo, and they get Tampa at home before Deshaun Watson comes back. Are they going to be in playoff contention when Deshaun Watson starts playing for them against the Texans on December 4th? They're three and five. The Ravens are five and three. Steelers are terrible. The Bengals have been a big disappointment at four and four. That's amazing. Bengals haven't won a Monday night game since 1990. If I'm the the NFL, I quit putting them on Monday night. If you want to put them in primetime, put them on Sunday or Thursday. That was a pitiful, pathetic 
performance by the Bengals, I thought they'd do better. The Browns' defense has been a huge disappointment, played great last night. Jacoby Prezett played as well as he can play. Nick Chubb does what Nick Chubb usually does. It's a tough schedule. That Tampa Bay game didn't look nearly as difficult uh, now as it did before the season with Tom Brady coming up there. Uh, so much of what they do depends on Brezette as he turned it over because you know they're going to run. Got a really good offensive line. It's getting to be that time of year in Cleveland where you got to run a lot because the weather, not just does it get cold, but the wind blows off Lake Erie. And that's why I think they can win with Deshaun Watson, but I don't see him compiling big stats playing all but the Texans game outdoors in December and January the rest of the season when he has not played well in cold weather, including Cleveland. So I think can the Browns be in a wild card race? Sure, they could get hot, but you got to think these next two, they're going to lose. But if they were to upset Miami, then uh, I would think they're going to bounce back because they've lost some really close games that came down to the kicker. John, uh, the Ravens, without Wink Martindale defensively, have not been good. But they add Roquan Smith yesterday. They're getting Tyus Bowser back off of injured reserve. They've activated him today. What do you make of Baltimore's path now defensively based on the division and knowing what they're capable of offensively? Roquan Smith is might be the best inside linebacker in the league. He's he's I saw him this year just destroy the Texans. He's been doing that all season. He bet on himself like Aaron Judge, like Lamar Jackson. Now he gets to go to Baltimore from Chicago. You think he's not happy? A chance to excel on a on a really good team that has Super Bowl aspirations. The defense has been a disappointment. But getting him back, he's so much better than Tyus Bowser, but Bowser still should be able to help them. And maybe they'll help them put a little distance between the uh between them and the uh let's see, the Browns and the Bengals. I don't think any of us believe the Steelers are going to be a playoff threat. John, of these teams, which surprised you most that they didn't make a deal based on their current situation? The Rams, the Packers, or the Bucks out of the NFC? The Packers, because the Packers you know, they they could still make the playoffs because they have Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers isn't playing very well, certainly not up to the Aaron Rodgers standards we've become accustomed to when he won the last two MVP awards. You know, Tampa Bay with Brady, Brady doesn't sound like somebody's planning to travel at the season. I mean, retire after the season because he's in the last year of his contract, but he acts like he wants to keep playing. They might have, I was kind of surprised they didn't make a deal for an offensive lineman because that's yeah. killed him. They can't run. He's under a lot of pressure up the middle, but I still go back to the Packers. Rams tried to make a bunch of trades, supposedly offered number ones the next two years to the Panthers for uh, defensive end Brian Burns. Panthers are a long way from turning it around. I'm not so sure I wouldn't have made that deal. And of the, of the big moves, is it San Francisco that – to, to you, made the biggest improvement as long as McCaffrey's healthy? Well, I'm wondering, because he scored three touchdowns and he blew out the Rams, but is he taken away from Debo Samuel? Last year, Samuel, he's a receiver who played running back, and he could do both great. Like McCaffrey's a running back who plays like a receiver, could catch the ball. 
can run it, and as he showed Sunday, he can throw it too. The problem with him is he's been hurt way too much since he signed that long-term contract, and there's no guarantee he's going to stay healthy the rest of the season. But I think that would be the best trade as long as he's healthy because we all know he's a hell of a player. Can he help the 49ers get back to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, they've been there with Garoppolo, but they're not going to win it with Garoppolo. If Kyle Shanahan thought he could, he wouldn't have traded three ones for Trey Lance. John McClain with us. Uh, again, you can follow him at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Um, he's going to have coverage at gallerysports.com for Thursday Night Football and for the World Series uh, as we enter he's got game it all. three now. But yeah, Thursday Night Football, gallerysports.com, um, and his Twitter will be magnificent. I can guarantee you that as Houston hosts Philadelphia and the Eagles, who, man, that so balanced. You know, you've got A.J. Brown in Philly scoring three touchdowns in the first half. They could run the football. We already knew that. Hurts is extremely efficient. He's not turning the football over. And defensively, they're getting takeaways. They, they have a team right now that, I mean, if you start to look ahead, it's pretty easy to go ahead and say, yeah, they could be 10-0. and as the Titans are coming to town on December the 4th? All I know is they're going to be 8-0. <laughs> and Jalen Hurts, who's from Channel View, Houston suburb, he'll want to put enough points on the board in the first half where they put the backup in and he can go watch the Astros. Because I don't care what he says about being a Philly fan, he's an Astros fan. Everybody in Channel View will be there. His rating's 105, 10 touchdown passes, two interceptions. He's run for six touchdowns. Those are the only turnovers the Eagles have. They're plus 13 in turnover differential by far. The best uh, figure in the NFL. And the Titans came into this game, I believe, Titans came in here ranked 20th in rushing, and the Eagles come in ranked 6th. So it's no telling what they're going to do. Uh I don't think we'll see Jalen Hurts throw one pass in the second half. Actually, he might not throw any. It's hard to throw when you're in the locker room watching the World Series. <laughs> By the way, speaking of the World Series, Paul Mattress Max had to tell you it was nice to meet you, and he's glad you made it. And uh, Mac has been in Philadelphia the last two days. Today he went to Atlantic City. Oh. How he gets this stuff done amazes me. He has 18-wheelers passing out free mattresses to first responders and military people. And then he in Philadelphia, and all these Philly fans were getting their pictures made with him. Everybody knows by now he's got $75 million riding on the World Series. And he said in one of his many videos, these Philly fans are great, but the Astros are still going to win. And then he goes to Atlantic City, and he's passing them out there. It's raining, but he's having a blast. And uh, I'm happy for him, and I'm I'm glad that it worked out well, Paul. For you to get that ticket because it was a fun game. That was amazing. Hey, one one more for you on the way out. You you have set, told us previously that you didn't think the Texans could possibly change coaches two years in a row, and that you thought Lovey Smith would be there next year. When that team takes the field with so little inspiration and does not play particularly hard, that to me is on Lovey Smith, and then he's got no pulse after the game the way he talks about the lack of effort. Do you think he's trending down, and, and do you feel any differently about his chances? 
that was the first bad game they played. They'd had a lead or within three points of every defeat in the fourth quarter and blown all of them. And except Jacksonville, they led them for, for early in the first quarter. So that was the first time they played a game like that. Now, they're going to get killed by the the Eagles. We all know it. So it's after that Washington comes in here. And if Washington can do to them what Titans did, which I doubt because they don't have Derrick Henry. But uh, I would think the only way Lovey Smith gets fired, and that would mean they have done a one-and-done coach two years in a row, both minorities, and uh, I think more likely Pep Hamilton be one and done as an offensive coordinator because he's doing a terrible job uh, with that offense and with Davis Mills. And I think uh, I think he'll be one and done. But if indeed we keep seeing performances like like uh, the Titans uh, force them into, I think yeah, everybody could be fired. John McClain has been our guest. Always great chatting NFL headlines with John, and you can read more at gallerysports.com. John, go flip off some Philly fans the way Justin Verlander did yesterday. We're big fans of that here at Outkick 360. I know you are as well. Yeah, he was showing them how many innings he's going to last in his next start. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, that I loved about Verlander doing that, it shows he's still got a sense of humor. When you're 0-6 in a World Series – with an ERA of over six, and you still got your sense of humor, that's very good. They asked Levy, I mean, they asked Dusty Baker, why would you not go with Verlander in game four instead of Christian Javier? And he he told, well, this, this, this. And what he didn't say is because Javier's been better in the World Series than Justin Verlander has. Guys, thank you very much as always. Thanks, Tom. Fun, always fun. Paul's great to see you. Likewise. And I hope to see you guys soon. Thank yes, you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, John. Love John McClain on Outkick 360. Coming up, we. He was crushing Verlander while we were talking. <laughs> we continue our discussion on the World Series. Game three coming up this evening. And we'll also, at the start of hour number three, recap all of the moves 20 trades wow. made across the NFL. This is Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What do you guys think of Game 3 in the World Series tonight? Rain out last night, and now we back it up a day in Philly. Said it yesterday. I can't wait to see the atmosphere there with I, the, the ticket prices through the roof. I'm, I think the atmosphere, I mean, the atmosphere in Houston was terrific, but I just think Philly is a different breed of sports fan compared to almost anywhere. Yes. And um, it's going to be insane. I like the Phillies, but I, I, you know, I'm rooting for the Phillies also. So that's inherent in my opinion. It's one of those where, um, I was rooting for the Phillies after they beat the Braves in the NLCS, and the longer this goes with Philly fans, I start to root against the Philly fans. It's like the longer it, oh, well, it's going to be so loud. We're just so, I mean, okay, 
we get it. All right, now I'm I'm back for Houston. But the same thing about is it Maldonado, the the catcher, and his bat. So Houston technically cheated again. So Pulhos sent him a bat that he used in game one. He used it for a hit that tied the score yeah, and it was sent an it into extra bat innings. That's no longer it's illegal. It's a bat that Pulhos Pulhos was grandfathered in. Yes. Rule changes in 2010. Wow. Okay, so this bat didn't meet specs, and Maldonado's not allowed to use it. He used it. No punishment for using it, except that they say, don't use it again. Yeah, cheat, I mean, what are cheat, they, cheat. What are they going to do? He's not being fined? Well, chest the bat before. Well, yeah, but I'm saying after oh, they didn't, so. Well, do. Do. They, they uh, forfeit? Don't, don't. Don't <laughs> not test it. Don't not have the guy not know the rule. Don't have pull holes. Passing out bats like candy when they're grandfathered I, I'm in. A little, I'm a little... Uh, in this one, though, Paul, he gave him a bat he used this season. I can understand him taking the bat. Well, it must be fine. Yeah. And not knowing it was grandfathered in Paul from before. Paul should know that he's well, using grandfathered in the bats. The bigger issue is uh, the pitcher with all the substance all over uh, The bigger <laughs> issue is the fact that Major League Baseball changed the baseballs and not tell anybody about yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot But of, you can't use a baseball bat. I don't. That I, was used this year. I can't even I like the, the Astros first Astros so scandal is completely understandable why people would be upset, right? About the signaling in what the pitch was and all that. We can all understand that. Yeah. Baseball is so far beyond the pale of every other sport with everything else. I don't even know what's cheating anymore. The fact that Albert Pujols can use a bat because it's grandfathered in from 2010 and no other player. How is Albert Pujols special? He plays that he gets for to 12 years. He plays for 12 years. Okay, grandfathered great. In if they make a change to the rule, then he's got to change that bat with everyone else. He plays for 12 years and then surpasses 700 career home also, runs with it. What's illegal about the bat? No one's screwing about that. That he gets to use it. Is that how he got hot late in the year? Is that what happened? The illegal bat? We'll never know. I hate the Astros. They're approaching the Red Sox. Everyone in the sport cheats. Coming up, the latest and all the details on the trade deadline, and we talk Tennessee. Who are we? Pete Prisco likes it. Cheat, cheat.